I am honored uh, to be able to have Nate and Megan Turner and Bethany, not my Bethany. Y'all's like, why are you thanking your wife for being here? <laughs> so glad my wife decided to come with me today. Just great. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I am so thankful to be able to have them here with us today. Um, I told you guys a little bit um, about um, last week about uh, our connection with Nate and Megan and how really uh, we literally met them as they were on their way out. Um, it was kind of a weird, I don't even, I don't even, yeah, it's lit, I told them that. I said literally, uh, first, like, it was like the first day we showed up at this church and it was like their last day and they were like deuces losers and they just bolted. Um, but what was so uh, amazing about it is we, we couldn't have talked for more than 10 minutes. I mean, it couldn't have been 10 minutes. Uh, but there was a kingdom connection there that God really uh, brought together. And so we're so thankful to have them with us today. Um, they, are, uh, they are one of the missionaries that we support on a monthly basis as a church. Um, and I told you guys um, uh, at the beginning of this year that um, our game plan is to continue to step up our mission giving um, into next year. And so um, this year we wanted to take the opportunity to introduce you to both of those missionaries because you didn't know Chris and Carmen McBeath, uh, many of you, until you met them um, earlier this year. And now we were blessed enough to be able to have Nate and Megan with us. And Megan is going to share the word with us tonight, and I'm so excited about that um, as she brings the word. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and invite Nate and Megan to come on up. They're going to talk to you guys a little bit about the incredible work happening in England. Let them know you appreciate them. Well, thank you guys so much for having us here. It's what a joy and a blessing. We've been watching you know, social media and um, watching even their growth of the the building and redoing the building and just seeing everybody. Um, so it's exciting to actually see it in person. We're like, oh, this is amazing. You know, this is, and we love the Curry so much. So thank you guys for just being a part of that. Because you're right. It was like, it has to be what, about eight years ago, nine years ago, I think we met, yeah, and so he's actually one of the guys on our um, board for our um, nonprofit of Turner Missions, and so um, needless to say, we were not going to take a whole lot of your time, um, but to give a nutshell of kind of even how we even went on this journey, we grew up in Cincinnati, or I did, my wife grew up in Cleveland, and um, we were going uh, to, well, I've Anyway, we moved from Ohio down to a full-time youth pastor in North Carolina, and it was, it was honestly, we thought we were going to live there for quite a while. We bought a house and everything, and God radically, um, what? Yes, yes, yes. We had the house for about almost, I guess, about a year and a half, two years by the time we actually moved from it. And, um, you know, we lived 10 minutes from the beach and stuff, and we felt like this transition, and it was just either, we knew God was either about to transition us, or there was something wrong spiritually with us, and we're like, God, we got to get this sorted, what, what, what is going on, and so literally, um, we just had our daughter, um, Alexis, which, um, actually, you want to put our family picture up, our kiddos are downstairs, so... That's Elias on the right, which is, he's seven, so he's going in year three this year, which is like third grade. And Alexis is going into reception, which is like a kindergarten. 
Um, so they will both, they, if you chat with them, you'll get a nice little British accent from them. So they've been here about four weeks, so I feel like it's kind of going in and out. Um, everybody that's here pretty much says, no, that's so British. I'm like, I don't know. It's going in and out. But we do have our friend Bethany, too. She's, um, she's 17. She's a girl from Preston, England. So you want to get a proper accent, she'll be the one to go to. Um, I won't even try. So Megan maybe has a bit more now. Um, there are terms that you'll notice that we say that are British, but anyway, so literally we were like, God, what are you, what are you doing? We had just had our daughter and we're like, God, what are you doing? And so I was going to this conference called um, The Ramp and we won't go through all the details because there's so many things, really just amazing how God just lined these things up. God spoke to me um, specifically, Europe, six months, prepare your ministry, you're going to be gone. I wrote all this stuff down. I'm like, I'm nuts. This is stupid. You know, and um, anybody ever get to God tell you something, you're like, this does not make sense. And so I password protected document everything. I wasn't about to tell Megan anything. I was like, if this is you, God, you're going to tell her. Because we already moved from Ohio down, which is like 12-hour drive, you know, about almost 600 miles. I was like, there's no way we're moving 4,000 miles across the water, you know. And we didn't even have passports at that time. I had never had a passport. So um, needless to say, about a month and a half later, God had spoke to her um, while we were fasting and praying for, for um, direction, and God had spoke to her. I was like, hey, have you heard anything? She's like, no, but I think I know it's one thing. It's out of the country. And I was like, yep. She's like, well, where? I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> like, if this is God, he will speak to you. Um, I would say, just I walked out of the room. She walks into the room about literally about five minutes later, and she names um, a part. It's called Copenhagen, Denmark, which is not a word, you know, normal word that people talk about. You know, if she'd have said London, it'd have been a bit more coincidental. And so, um, with that, we're like, because this is Copenhagen and London was the two places that really, you know, my geography of Europe was very poor, and not that it's much better now, but it, you know, but those are the two places that really stuck out to me. So when she said Copenhagen, I was like, why would you even say that? Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, unless you chew chewing tobacco, like nobody says Copenhagen, you know? So, um, and I didn't chew, and I didn't think she chewed, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> So needless to say, that's kind of how it started to the next day. She's like, what's 57 months? And I was like, I don't know, 4.75 years. Why? And she's like, don't you remember that when we had first moved to North Carolina, somebody had prophesied over us, somebody had spoke over us, and what they felt like God was speaking to them, that in 57 months, something would come that we wouldn't be prepared for. When we started counting out the months, guess what window we were in? So that's really how this thing launched. Um, we, we had to raise $20,000 to move to England. Um, we sold our house, gave everything we owned away. About a year and a half, it was 2016 um, of June that we actually um, came, went, moved to England in nine suitcases and four carry-ons and a pram, I'm sorry, a stroller. And, um, and yeah, so that's how we got to Europe. And uh, that's, that's just a nutshell. We have way, really, really amazing testimonies to go along with that. Um, but that kind of gets us set up to what the Turner Mission is as a whole. And with Turner Mission, it's actually, um, actually was much smaller than what we had, much bigger than what we had originally had, had anticipated because we needed a way to raise money here to fund what we do in Europe, you know? And so we're like, well, we can't just receive money because we'll have to pay taxes on that. Like, it's not going to our pocket. It's going to the ministry, and it's making it possible that we can actually live in things like that. And so um, we launched Turner Missions as a nonprofit, and I think it was, it was 2016 as well, I believe. And 
with that, it's the several different types of ministries that we work with, and Megan's going to go through the wins here in just a moment for just the last year. Um, but we, Preston Youth for Christ, we work in a city called Preston. Um, it's in England. It's just north of Manchester. Has anybody been to England? Hey, there you go. So do you know where Manchester is? Okay, well, we're just north of Manchester, about 40 minutes. Um, so normally we just say we're from Man- Manchester because most people are like, oh, how's London? How's the Queen? I'm like, oh, well, I see her every week, you know? Like, um, but so we live just north of Manchester, about 40 minutes, and we run a ministry called Preston Youth for Christ there, working in schools and churches. And then as well as we just help with a church plant, well, I just say just, about almost two years as well, in Manchester as well um, with our friends that we're part of the volunteer leadership there. Um, and then we evangelize and things like that. So even while we're here in the States raising funding and stuff, we, we love to just pour out our heart. And so I'm going to pass it to you so you can, well, do you have, you have your own mic anyway? Yes, I do. See? See? <laughs> well, thank you, guys. We, we've been excited to come. So we've been... Um, just that we've been here for four week four weeks now and been um, meeting with people and all of our donors and people that we don't normally get to see. So it's really been a privilege and we were really excited to come here tonight. This is the first time we've been here. And so, um, so yeah, there's just so many exciting things going on. Um, I'm just going to very quickly just go through. Well, first, before I go into that, I want you to, what I'm getting ready to tell you, I want you to know that you have invested into what I'm getting ready to say. And even though you, most of you have never been to England, you don't really maybe understand the ins and outs of what we do, but I want you to know that your support, prayers, financial giving are making a difference in the lives of young people, um, in schools, in churches, it's making a difference. And so I commend you for that. Tom and Bethany, thank you for just being obedient and having willing hearts to, to give boldly. Um, we, couldn't, we couldn't do this without you guys. Um, so these are just some wins. These are literally, we don't have time to go into everything. But the past year, these are just some wins and some things that we want to celebrate with you about um, ministry that's been going on. Um, so Turner Missions has been involved with ministering to over 3,500 individuals, most of those students this past year. Isn't that exciting? 3,500 students have heard we've been ministering the gospel, going into schools, whether that's assemblies um, with 600 kids or it's in a classroom setting with 25. Kids are hearing about Jesus. And that's huge because in the UK, in all schools, um, it's, it's a requirement for all schools to learn about all the six major religions, includes, including Islam, um, Muslim, Judaism, I mean, all across the board, and Christianity in the mix of all those. So we're really privileged to go into these schools and really just share Jesus and the love of Jesus with these students. So in the past year, we've led over 70 lunch clubs. Now, if you don't know what a lunch club is, so we're in two, we're in four schools total in our community, but we go into two on a weekly basis. Um, and we've, we, these lunch clubs, we've been able just to connect with the kids. Um, it's not just us. There's other youth pastors in the area, partnering ministries that go in and, and help, and we kind of just all go in together. Um, and we, we run these lunch clubs teaching Bible lessons um, and spending time with the students. Now, we've been able to partner, in the three years we've been there, we've been able to partner with 10, with 10 churches in Preston, and we know that that's going to keep growing. But we're actively partnering with 10 churches in Preston. Um, 
and they support us and we support them. We've been able to, um, we evangelize and partnered with other ministries outside of churches. Um, and we kind of just jumped right in what God, with what God was doing. Um, so the last, last September 2018, um, we had the privilege of working with the Billy Graham Association. They came in our area. So um, and they specifically came to Blackpool, which is about 30 minutes from us. Um, but we partnered with to, to over 200 churches and other ministries, including Preston Youth for Christ being one of those. And we just, it was amazing. We saw, so in one weekend, we saw over 9,000 people in attendance and saw almost 700 salvations in that weekend. It was incredible. Nate, I was, I was able to work in the office um, with the Billy Graham Association, so I was able to work in the office um, as an administrative assistant. Nate was on the executive team for the entire festival, and it was really just one of the greatest experiences in my life, really. Um, but we were able to, we, so we did two youth events last year um, with them, and so they, they had asked Nate and I to lead those youth events, and we saw over 700 young people come kids getting saved, just experiencing the power and presence of God. It was just incredible. Um, and also, we know what it's like to plant a church. <laughs> um, so we have never been part of a church plant until we moved there. So on top, so we, we're in Preston, we work in Preston during the week, but on Sundays, our home church was this Ramp Church, Manchester, um, two years ago, we planned 2017, we helped lead a church plant. And so we understand the time and the work that it takes. Now, we don't, we don't even have our own building yet. We actually rent out of a school. Um, but we set up every week. We get there at 7.45 a.m. every Sunday morning. We set up, um, and usually every other week, um, I'm leading worship or we're teaching, Nate's in media production, um, we teach, preach, all of it. And so we, we know the work that it takes to plant a church. So we commend you for all that you are doing in this building. We know the hard work it takes. Um, and last year we were able to um, be a part of, so we're on the leadership team in our church, and um, we, last year we did four conferences, um, we had 12 worship nights, and we lead over 60 volunteers in our church. So needless to say, we do stay busy. <laughs> um, so we, um, and also we started two last, no, this year, we started awakening nights. So these are encounter worship nights that we started in Preston this year. And this is just, it's the whole community is, is invited to come. Um, the entire city of Preston is invited to come. So we had our first one um, in May, in May. And um, we just had our second one right before we came. And God has just been doing incredible things just in those two services so far. And, um, and so we're going to continue those. Um, right now we're doing them bi-monthly, but next year we want to start them on a monthly basis. Um, so God has just been doing incredible things. The first, I know our first one, we had over eight different churches attend and represented. Uh, thank you. And um, so that's our heart. And I'm going to share a little bit about our just vision and what we feel like God is doing in the spiritual realm, what we feel like God has laid on our hearts. And the first and foremost thing is we want to see awakening. We want to see awakening in hearts of young people, whether that's in a one-on-one -on -one meeting with somebody or if it's in a gathering or a worship service, we are praying and contending for awakening in our city. And we want, we want to help people develop how to walk out the fullness of God. 
And so that, that's our number. We feel like um, we, next year, our heart's desire is to be in four different countries. And so we, we don't know what that, that looks like, but we feel like God is doing something. This is beyond us, okay? You have to understand, this is beyond us. We're just normal people that come from a normal family, a normal church background, and we've just been, and God has just really just blown our minds. I mean, I, I, could, I could testify all night long of just the goodness of God. And um, so that, that's our heart cries awakening for our city. When, I, when we first got there, I, my testimony, a little bit about all this, is I asked God, why have you sent me here? Why, like, I... So far from my family, you've asked me to give up so much. Why have you sent me here? And I really had to, I mean, really put me in a place where I had to seek God and ask God, why, you know, why? Why am I here? And he, and he did, spoke to me and he said, because I want you to bring awakening. I have put something inside of you that you need to pour out. And so what I learned from this whole experience was that it's not about me. I, it's not about my comfort, and it's not, the Lord, and the Lord also spoke that I have sent you for them. You are, I have sent you there for the people. It's not about your comfort. It's not about what you want. It's about, it's about me, you saying yes, and me being able to pour out my spirit and do what I need to do. And so I'll, I'll go into more of that later. But um, so, yeah, so that's just our, our vision we want to see. We want to be able to do more trainings next year with people to develop how to walk out the fullness of God, how to grow deeper in their relationship with God. Um, and so we don't know what that looks like yet, but we're praying that out of these awakening nights that we can develop more people, and even in schools, develop these young people to to really seek God and how to have a closer relationship with Him. And um, so that you know, there, there's just so much we could really share, but those are just highlights. So thank you. You are making a difference, and, and your prayers and your giving go a long way to change these young people's lives. They're, they're open to hear the gospel. These kids who have never, who have no church background or have never heard about Jesus, they're open to hearing about it, and you're making a difference, and so we thank you. Um, do you want to share the testimony? Yeah. yeah. So as well as um, one thing that I realized that we didn't talk about in here so far is we just celebrated our first um, intern that we actually brought over to from um, Charlotte, North Carolina to England. So she just celebrated one year with a, um, as a, either you can call it a gap year or ministry year out. And so as well as with that, we want to bring more people over with us, you know, if that's students, if that's whatever, basically it, it can work from people graduating high school and coming straight over to mission team. Um, we've, we've had s several mission teams now at this point, I'm, I would say, what, five or six now um, from different ministries coming over and serving in, in schools and churches there, um, which is amazing. And so for, you know, when you look at less than 5% of students actually um, go to church. And you know what it's like. It's just because you go to church, it doesn't make you a Christian, right? <laughs> I mean, I wish it was that easy, but it's not, you know, and so there, there's a, a change. And so for us, um, one of the things that's been stirring in us, I'm just going to share one testimony and then I will, we'll switch it over. But um, for us, right before we actually came to um, the U.S., uh, we actually, we serve every Thursday in a lunch club at Priory Academy. And uh, about a month and a half ago, a boy had came in with crutches, and um, he had a cast on his leg. And while we had prayed for him, the following week, he had only had his, had his cast on for two weeks. Well, 
right before we came, two weeks before we actually came, a girl had walked in and she had um, a cast on her arm. And so we're like, hey, can we pray for you? And she's like, um, yeah, well, in that middle of that, I felt the Holy Spirit really just rising up and just asked to have her friend pray. Because one of the things that, that we have a call and what we're feeling is, is this is not about Nate and Megan. This is not about your pastor. It's not about the Billy Graham. It's not about anybody. Actually, who it's about is Jesus. And so we're all called to walk out who Jesus is. We're all called to pray for people. We're all called to be Jesus, you know, and because he calls you sons and daughters. You know, and so with that, um, in that moment, I ask, um, since we're face um, book living, I won't use names, but uh, we'll just call her Rachel with her arm, even though my sister's here. We'll just call her Rachel. Um, <laughs> and we'll call the other girl Bethany. There we go. And so um, I was like, Bethany, would you pray for, um, you know, Rachel? And she's like, yeah. I was like, I'll walk you through how to pray. You know, and she's like, okay. So I, she, I was like, just put your hand on her elbow and pray. And so I was like, hey, um, Rachel, how do you feel? And she's like, well, my pain level was like a seven, but now it's a five. And I was like, amazing. I was like, can we pray again? How many of you guys ever been there? You're just praying and you leave and you don't even ask questions. But actually, when you begin to raise that risk level, you'll see change. And so we're like, well, can we pray again? So I was like, hey, Bethany, would you pray again? And I'll, I'll walk you through. And she did. Well, then she's like, well, it's like a two now. And I was like, amazing. So I began to share some testimonies of other of other miraculous things that we're starting to really see. And so I was like, well, let's pray again. So I was like, Bethany, pray. And so that last time she looks, you know, eyes wide open, she's like, it doesn't hurt anymore. And I was like, this is amazing. This is who Jesus is. So we're like, please let us know. She's, um, you know, the very first things that she said when she had came in with it, she's like, man, this really stinks. You know, I, you know, this is in a room, my summer holidays. She's about, you know, a, a week and a half, week and a couple days was when their break was. And so she's like, now I'm going to be off for school and I got, you know, my, my cast on and everything. And so um, we're like, hey, do you know when you're going to the doctor? She's like, no. And I was like, well, just let us know, please, like, like what the doctors say and stuff. And so the following Thursday, she walks into the room. And guess what? She has no cast on. So we're like, Rachel, please tell us what has happened. And she's like, you know, the following day after, you, after we had prayed, I had cracked my cast. Now, I've never seen anybody crack a cast. I'm sure it's possible, but it's not a normal thing, is it? I'm like, well, it must have been the Holy Spirit. So I was like, please, like, what, what did they say? And she's like, well, the doctors didn't really, like, they were just like, you've healed really fast. <laughs> you know, like, that's what they said. And they're like, but we don't need to put a cast on, but, you know, we'll just, just, you know, be careful with it because I'm sure it's still healing. You know what I mean? That's kind of like what they're, I mean, they're doctors. What are they going to say? I mean, they are practicing, right? And so with that, um, I was like, well, Rachel, how long have you had this cast on? You know how long she said she had that cast on? Four days. So in that moment, obviously I was like, please, can we share, you know, um, about this testimony and stuff? And at this time we had um, like four to six students walk in that's struggling with their identity um, and things like that. And so we had about 25 students in this room. And so I brought her forward. And I was like, hey, you guys remember this other guy that we prayed for, right? You know, it, and um, he had got his cast taken off after two weeks. Well, you remember last week, you know, with her own words, this girl was like, I'm a miracle child. So we were able to share this testimony. I asked the kids, like, has anybody seen anybody get their cast taken off after four days? Nobody raised their hand, obviously. And I was like, but this is who Jesus is. Because being taught about the six major religions, either they just think they can just choose a religion or that religion's a thing of the past. And so for, for us, it's like, God, you have to show yourself to these kids. I can come in here and talk about you every, every week, 
but it's not going to change anything. What has to change is you're going to have to show yourself. You're going to confirm if that's through healing, if that's, that's an encounter, however this looks. And so in that moment, I was like, this is who Jesus is, and he, he, and he loves you, and he wants a personal relationship. I broke down the gospel for him, and I was like, hey, we're going to pray in concert prayer. I know this is not typical, but we're going to pray together and basically ask Jesus into our heart and walk through that. And, you know, with that, like, British kids and British people, I mean, it is pretty stereotypical. They're quiet. And so in that moment, I was like, let's pray. And so I would say half the room prayed verbally out loud. And, you know, with that, who knows? But but for us, that's the things that we're actually seeing. And when you begin to see things happen that there's no answer. Do you understand? It's not me. It's not anybody else in the room. It is literally the Holy Spirit that has showed up and brought change and brought life to them. And so as well, Bethany, she's going to just share for just a second and then we'll finish up. You guys okay? I know we're going a little bit longer, but. Yeah, so as Nate said before, I'm 17 and live in Preston. Um, and I met Megan first through a night, my, well, a service my church put on and she shared just a few words and from that God gave me an image of like steps and like taking the next step so I told my youth leader at the time who then introduced me to Megan and from that she became my mentor and she's been mentoring me for three years now <laughs> and um, I've also been a part of the dance team I've been to ramp a couple of times and seen them through the whole day like serving <laughs> had an intense day <laughs> and um, through all the different ministries like they've pushed me and strengthened, helped me strengthen my relationship with God and really learn what it's about and like grow my relationship and just actually have a relationship and falling in love with God more and more so yeah <laughs> So Bethany's been with us the first five, or the whole five weeks we've been here. Um, she's never been on a plane, obviously never been to America. So um, it's been quite a journey for her, but she's been such a blessing for us. So make sure you see us at our table. We do have these really sweet shirts. I don't know if you notice, we're all matching. Um, so we're, we are showing them for $20, but with that, um, obviously it goes to the ministry. Um, but with that, or if you sign up for reoccurring giving of $10 more, you get a free t-shirt. So... Um, this is the part that I least like per se, but I don't like, dislike per either because I know that with ministry, you know, it costs money. And so um, with this, Megan's had to go get another job, which she works four days a week um, just working in a business, which is fine. That's okay. But we know that this is not the long-term answer. And so for us, we're believing, um, well, we, we need $30,000 um, really for this trip. So we have just, a, just this next week, we're in a couple more churches. But with this is we need you to just join us in prayer. Um, prayer, but then as well as if you could partner with us, amazing. If it's reoccurring, if it's one time, whatever. Um, but understanding that it's it's that side of you're giving into Europe, you're giving into life change, and so we would love to bring her on where she could quit her job and be able to full time work. Um, but even with that, is is we want to bring more people on because there's two things that we lack the most, and and that's finances and people. We need help, <laughs> and so um, if, if you want to come to England, come on over. Like we'll we'll make that happen. But if you can't, that's fine. And if you you can't give no worries either just pray with us pray because honestly what we've seen in the last four years prayer has radically wrecked us and so it, it's just been absolutely amazing of the change and the shift and so um 
We need 30,000, but we're believing for 50,000, and we know that God is going to um, provide the need to be able to not just survive, you know, and, but actually thrive to be able to take things to the next level because there's some big goals that we really want to be able to do, but, you know, it takes money. So, but Megan's going to speak if that's okay. Is that all right, guys? You guys okay? You guys still with us? Well, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to share the word tonight. Um, this is really, I feel like God's given me this word to share with you, and I hope, I hope that you leave challenged tonight, but I hope that you, you leave with an increased faith. And um, I'm going to share a little bit just about what God's been doing, not only in our hearts, but I feel like, I, I feel like it's for you. And I feel like... Um, I feel like it's something that we can all learn from, um, but I want to talk to you about the power of faith and prayer tonight for a few moments. Um, those two things, faith and prayer, are the key elements of our Christian faith and our Christian walk. Faith and prayer. Um, before I get into this, so I want to pray. Is that all right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, God, for your goodness. I thank you, God, that you are real and tangible tonight. I thank you, Jesus, for your presence that is resting on this place. God, I thank you, Lord, for every person in this room tonight. I pray, Lord, over every family. I pray, Lord, God, that hearts would be open to what you want to say tonight, God. And, Lord, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would leave tonight with increased faith, God, in you. God, that we would leave tonight with a, more of a desire to pray, more of a desire to seek your face, God. Lord, we know that in your presence, God, in your presence, our lives can be changed in an instant and in a moment. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch every heart tonight, God, that your word would go forth, God, and that you would, I would be able to release it. Let your Holy Spirit lead it tonight. God, we just thank you, Jesus, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, I wanna, so I, I want to talk to you about the power of faith and prayer. We have to realize that we are already on the winning side. We've already won. And God's goodness supersedes all of our failures, disappointments, and lack in our lives. His goodness is so beyond our comprehension. His good, we can't even comprehend the goodness of God. And, but it's not too much, even though we cannot comprehend it, it's not too much to experience his goodness. I want you to understand that. So it takes a journey of faith and prayer to not live in defeat. Without prayer, how can we have faith? And without faith, how can we have a lifestyle of prayer and a life devoted to him? Faith and prayer work together. So if we, if we do not pray, if we are not consecrated to him and not consecrated to prayer, how can we have faith? And it takes us trusting, first and foremost, it takes us trusting him to release 
faith. So we have to fully, from the moment you get saved, and we're all on different journeys tonight. Some of us may have just started our journey with the Lord. Some of us may be years into our journey with the Lord, your journey with the Lord. So we're all on different levels in the room today. But one thing we can agree on is that it takes faith. When you ask the Lord into your heart, it takes faith to do that. Because that, that's the first step is asking God into your life. You are believing by faith that he's going to do something different in your life. You are trusting him with your life. And then others, we go through our journey and we're trusting him in things, circumstances come about and we need faith to get through it. We need faith to get, get us through our financial situation. We need faith to help us through our marriage issues. We need faith to help us pull us out of this ditch that we've dug ourselves in, whatever it may be, you fill in the blank. But we can all agree that it takes faith to believe in a God that is that we can't see. Um, and it takes both working to working together, prayer and faith, to live in victory and not in a life in a life of defeat. We may have faith and trust in God, but are we actively with our mouth and in prayer and seeking revealing that to Him? We have to let Him know that we are putting our faith and our trust in Him. A lot of times, He is waiting on us. He is waiting on us. God has a plan for your life. He has a destiny for my life. He has a destiny for your life. But he is waiting on you to say yes and just to simply have faith to carry it out. But we have to have a willingness. Okay, this is key. There has to be a willingness to serve him. If we don't have a willing heart, then we will not get anywhere in our Christian journey. We have to be, it's a constant pursuit. It's a constant seeking after him. It's a constant faith and in prayer. Prayer introduces us to faith. So when we're actively praying, when we're actively seeking him, faith arises in our spirit to where we can actually, whoa, God, I can trust you with this. The more we pray, the more faith we have. So if we, are, if we don't have a lifestyle of prayer, and I mean a lifestyle of prayer outside of the church, then how can we have faith in any circumstance in our life? That's, that's not going to happen. So we have to first and foremost have a lifestyle of prayer. Praying is not just for Tom and Bethany Curry. It is not the pastor's job to pray and intercede for the church and for the community. Now they lead the way, yes, but you yourselves as a church body has to have a lifestyle of prayer. If you wanna see change in your life, get in the secret place. If you wanna see a change in your church, get in your secret place. Do not rely on the pastor or the worship team to have to get you going however you wanna say it on Sundays, okay? That's not, God is looking for your yes every day. And you have to be willing. In a corporate body, it is not, it is not the pastor's responsibility alone to pray for the church. It's the body of Christ working together in unity. 
That's why I believe that corporate prayer and praying with other Christians is important. There's got to be a unity and a gathering together to pursue God, pursue his purpose for our lives individually and as a body. And our trust, so faith is calling out, faith is calling out what is not seen and believing that it will come into existence. That's what faith is. Believing in something that we could not see with our physical eye, but we are believing that through God, through pursuing God, that it will come into existence. So we have to, that's why I say, we have, to, we have to speak it out. We have to let him know. So E.M. Bounds, if you've never heard he's the author, E.M. Bounds says it like this. God moves the mountains, but it is prayer and faith that moves God. He will move the mountains. He will change your situation, but you have to come in prayer and faith to God. Paul declared that the life he lived, he lived by faith in the Son of God who lived in him and gave himself for him. That he walked, he walked by faith and not by sight. I don't want to live, I don't want to live just by what I see with my physical eyes. But I want to have a faith that goes into another realm of glory. And I want to see from that perspective. Are you understanding me? I want to see from God's perspective in every situation, over my church, over my family, no matter what anybody else says, I want to see and I want to hear what God is saying about it, first and foremost. I don't want to live, I don't want to live in the physical realm, I want to live in a realm that is not seen and see things that people didn't think could happen, happen because I had faith and I was in prayer and believed that it could happen. People all over are looking for people who will actually have faith and pray for them. There's people out there, they need your faith and they need your prayer. So we are the ones that stand in the gap for people in our community and even for our families. If we do not pray, do not expect things to happen and turn out for our good. God will not open doors if we do not pray. Things that you have not seen yet, God is waiting on the intercessors to pray. Who are the intercessors? We are. Every single one of us. Intercessors is not for just the few people who want to come in and pray. For Intercessors is every single person in this room. If I do not pray, I cannot really call myself a true, a real Christian. Okay, you call real church. If this is real church, if I do not pray, I cannot call myself a real Christian that does real things for God. You know what that, you know what that is? That's just doing things in the flesh. If we do not pray, we will stay small-minded because we are lacking in the faith that not only comes from prayer and the throne room of heaven. I want to, if you can, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans, Romans 10. And we're going to point this out in scripture. Romans 10, if you have it on the screen. Romans 10, I'm going to read 1 through 11. Paul says, my beloved brothers and sisters, the passionate desire of my heart and constant prayer to God is for my fellow Israelites to experience salvation. 
For I know that although they are deeply devoted to God, they are unenlightened. And since they've ignored the righteousness God gives, wanting instead to be acceptable to God because of their own works, they refuse to submit to God's faith righteousness. For the Christ is the end of the law, and because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Moses wrote long ago about the need to obey every part of the law in order to be declared right with God. The one who obeys these things must always live by them. But we receive the faith righteousness that speaks an entirely different message. And this is what he says. Don't for a moment think you need to climb into the heavens to find the Messiah and bring him down or to descend into the underworld to bring him up from the dead. But the faith righteousness we receive speaks to us in these words of Moses. God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart beating in your chest and as near as a tongue in your mouth. And what is God's living message? It is a revelation of faith for salvation, which, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. So this is, this is what we do when we come into the life of Jesus, when we come into the family of God, we are publicly declaring that God, I trust you, I give you my life. The heart that believes in him receives the gift of the righteousness of God, and then the mouth confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scriptures encourage us with these words, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. So that's a promise. When we have faith in God, whether it's giving your life for the first time or it's serving him for you, we will not be disappointed. He is, he is, he's never going to leave us or, for, or forsake us. And if we go to um, if you go to verse 17 in the same chapter, Romans 10:17, it says, "Faith then is birth in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one." So faith, faith, it's birth in a heart that responds. It's a response. Faith is a response to His voice. It's a response to the Father of the anointed one. So we can trust Him. Hebrews 11.6, if you want to turn to Hebrews 11.6 real quick. And there's several scriptures that I could bring out. These are just a few. Hebrews 11.6. And without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. So faith is a forerunner in our walk with Christ always. Without faith, we cannot please God. If we don't have faith, we're not going to obey. We're not going to ask him what he's asked us to do. So I want us to have, some of us may need to, need to pray tonight for increased faith. Maybe you don't have any faith at all. Maybe you once had faith and some things have happened in your life and, and now you don't, you don't, you feel like you've lost faith and you need to come back. But we have to call things out. We have to speak against the darkness and call heaven down on it. We have to speak. You know, one of the things that I've noticed the past few years, I don't know, I don't know why I've noticed it more, but especially Christians and talking negative about situations, when we're supposed to be the ones, we have all the promises that we need in this word all the promises to get us through every situation. But the thing is, is sometimes we lose sight. I, and again, 
like I was saying before, we want to be in the circumstances. We, we want to live in the circumstances in the physical realm that we're in and not, have what, and not think about what God is saying. What is God saying about this situation? And so do not settle for the way things look. Don't settle. If I am cons- consumed with what is around me and how things look, then I will never obtain all that God has in store on the other side. If we have to speak it, we have to speak it, declare it, and we have to believe it. Whatever the vision is for this house, for this church, you have to declare it. You have to speak it. There's some of you, maybe you're going through some things that you have to speak over those situations. And you have to take this word and declare what he has promised. It's all right here. And it's not just faith in the word of God. It's not just faith in the word of God, but it's faith in the person of God. It's faith in God himself and what he says about your situation. We are not called to live in defeat. That is not God's will. We are called to live by faith, but we can only have faith, like what I said earlier, if we are, if we are praying. I feel like I have learned that when I'm not praying on a consistent basis, that I get, well, I don't want to say depressed, but I get down. Or I let, I'll let circum, circumstances really bother me. And what I've learned is that, but then when I pray, if I take it straight to the Father instead of telling somebody else about it, I come out, I come out of it different. And I see from a different perspective. And so even like us living in Preston, um, it took a while to move over there. Um, it took us a while to... Um, we actually moved, let's see, June 2015. Yeah, but when we moved from North Carolina to Ohio to live with our family, to raise money and all of that, um, we thought that we were going to be moved over by that, f- that September. That was the plan, that we would raise money that summer, move September. And that didn't happen because our paperwork didn't go through. It got denied three times to gain a sponsorship license, which you have to have that in order to move there. Um, And so it actually took us a year before we were able to move over there. And I had many, now let let me explain something. God was very clear about what he spoke to us. He was very clear that he wanted us to move to Europe. And during this time, um, I had, and I told the Lord, you're going to have to constantly confirm if this is what you want. You're going to have to constantly confirm to me that this is what you want. So he made it very clear from the beginning what his will was. And when it started taking longer and longer um, to get over there, um, I had to really rely on God's word to get me through. I had to rely on what he said to help me get to the place where I'm at. And, and I could have given up. In fact, talk to Nate. There was days where I did give up. And I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to do this. And, <laughs> and so it was, a really, it was a real test of my faith. 
Because I knew that God, God spoke it. He was, it was already clear, but I had to trust in his word. I had to have faith that what he said was really what he wanted me to do. And I had to rely. And I tell you what, he did, he, even days in my doubt, he still showed up. It was, I mean, literally, it was, there was like little things that would happen. Like someone, we met somebody that was from England, or there was somebody that came into a shop in North Carolina, and they were from England. I don't know. Just all these little things that just kept confirming that th- you're still on the right track, Megan. I've still called you. Just hold on for a little while longer. So, but see, his timing is not always our timing. So his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. But it's if we have, some of you maybe have, you've had, you've held on for faith a long time for maybe some certain situations. And maybe it's something right now you're going through. Maybe it's faith to get you through a financial crisis. I don't know what it may be. But hold on to his word. Hold on to, the, to faith. If you trust in God, I'm telling you what, he's got bigger and better things in store for you than you can ever imagine. I promise you that. But the thing is, is when, we, when we don't have faith and we're not seeking him, we, we can't get out of, we can't seem to get out of this cycle of these thoughts of I can't get out of it. You know, I'm never, this is, we're just done. You, you cannot be okay with okay. God has a purpose and a plan for you. And he has a purpose and a plan for this community, I believe. And the vision that he's put on Tom and Bethany's hearts, they're visionaries. And have faith that this community will be changed. Do you believe that? Do you want your community to be changed? Do you want this town, this region to be changed? Do you believe it? Because he can do it. He can do it, but he's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to say yes and to be willing to do your part but we have to do our part. One thing I've learned is when we come into church, when we come into church that we think it's all about us, us receiving. God, what, what do you have for me today? What do you have for me today? And, but that, it's actually the flip-flop. We, we, have to have, we have to be so filled of faith and expectation when we come in that when people come in from come in that you don't know or it's visitors or whoever that you are able and ready to minister to them come on this is normal christian faith this is nothing deep this is normal christian faith that when they when people come on the door that you are ready to minister to them not tom not bethany because i know that they will but you well how are you going to minister to people when they walk in the door are you ready is your faith built? Have you been in the secret place at home to when someone walks into these doors that you are able to pray for somebody for healing? That you are ready to give a word to somebody or a word of knowledge or whatever it may be? Are, are you prepared? And so that, that's what God is asking of us as Christians, as Christians in our normal walk of faith. And he's saying, can you carry this out for me? Can you? And so I, I want us to raise our faith tonight. I want us to raise our expectation. Come on, this is, this is for us too. I want to see a difference in Preston. I want, I want to see it. But that will only come by, I have to have faith that God is going to make a difference and that he's going to turn the city around. It takes faith 
I love that Jesus, when Jesus knew that he was getting ready to be crucified and he, was, he knew the plan of God, could you imagine the faith it took in his heavenly father to do what he did? They were joined, Jesus and his father, they were, they were together. Jesus knew his father's heart and he had such faith that he, whatever it took, whatever cost, he was willing to do it and he did it for you and me. That, that is great faith. Now I know Jesus lived a life of no sin and we're human, but I want you, but if we are to model what Jesus lived, think about the faith it took for that, for just that one scene. The faith that it took to trust in God's plan, knowing what it was going to cost him. And yet, I believe that he was thinking about you and me when he did it. And that just, I mean, if you just think about just that, it, it really blows, just blows my mind. <laughs> so he's asking us. God is not going to make you do anything. It's up to you. It's up to you. But he is saying, do you want more of me? Do you want more of me? Do you want more of what I have to give you? He's waiting on you. And I don't know about some of you, but I want to be, I want to live a life fully devoted. No holding back, no hesitation. But I, ha I want to have such faith such faith that people think I'm crazy. <laughs> I want radical faith. Do you want radical faith? Come on, that's what it took. You read about the men in the Bible. It took radical faith to change a nation. It took radical faith to change a community. And I want that faith. I want, I want to live a life consecrated before him. And just a simple yes. God, we say yes to you.